thank you for letting us be able to be here tonight. And just like this song says, is that we're waiting with worship, God. But even before we were waiting with worship, you already were here waiting on us, God. That your presence has already been waiting on us. That we don't have to sit here. We don't have to sing for a long time. And God, there's no greater sermon than just sitting here in your presence and walking into a relationship with you as we have tonight. And just spending time with you as we have tonight. God, thank you for your presence. Your Holy Spirit that that comes and ministers to us, that reminds us of things that we've long forgotten, that, that reminds us of things that we have just learned days ago that we may have that may have slipped our memory or gone past our recognition but God you're faithful to bring those things back into remembrance because that's who you are you're a faithful friend a good father and you don't want us to forget any little detail of, of our relationship with you because you don't forget any little detail of it and so God we thank you for for this for this relationship that you've given us with you And we truly do give you the praise and the glory, not just in this moment, not just with a song, but with our entire lives outside of this sanctuary as well. And so, God, it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Give God a clap, a shout. Show him you love him. All right. Thank you, worship team. Before we get started, as always, I just want to say thank you to Pastor for trusting me with this pulpit, trusting me to preach to you guys and just share what I feel like God's given me for tonight. And um, I don't take any, any time like this lightly, and I cherish every moment of it. And so thank you, Pastor. Um, so I want to go to Exodus chapter 33, verse 11 tonight. And it says this. The Lord would speak with Moses face to face, just as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. His assistant, the young man Joshua, son of Nun, would not leave the inside of the tent. And the message for tonight is with a friend like this. Olivia, could you take me out of the monitors a little bit? Um... But the thing that I want to focus on is with a friend like with a friend like him is in this passage we see two different types of people in two different different times of their walk in life with God. First we see Moses and first we see Joshua. One thing that we see with Moses is that he goes into the tent, he goes into this place of meeting with God because at this time and at this moment in, in, in the history of the earth, that God could only meet with certain people who were, who were uh, physically clean, which was under the old law. This isn't under the blood of Jesus who covers every sin, a multitude of sins, as the scripture says. But this is under a time when, when righteousness was determined by our own actions and our own ability. And so Moses and Joshua were these only two people that could go into this tabernacle. And 
we see two very different relationships with God in this moment. We, with Moses, we see a man who's been with God for years at this point. This is a man that's already seen the presence of God. He's seen these supernatural things that have happened to put his trust in God. That's reinforced his relationship with God. We see a man who's, if you look at the two relationships, we see a man who has seen a bush consume, uh, burning and in flames but not being consumed. We see a man that's looked at ten plagues, has struck the mightiest nation in the world, and this mightiest nation has bowed down to slaves because their God has delivered them. We see a man that, that walks with God closely to the point to where he is the only man in, at this point in history who understands the name of God. And if you look at the Hebrew text up until this point, the only name that they had for God was Elyon, which is just a generic term that says the Great One or the Almighty One. And until this point, no one has understood the name Yahweh, which is I Am, which is the official name for God. And so God saw Moses as a close enough friend to reveal his name to him. And on the other hand, we have a man named Joshua who is kind of in the beginnings of his relationship with God. We see him, that he's been a third party to everything. Yes, he's seen, he's seen the ten plagues have struck Egypt, and he's, he's been uh, an assistant to Moses. And we see in passages that when, God, when Moses would ascend to the top of the mountain to talk with God, that Joshua would only be able to go up halfway up the mountain with Moses. And so he did not see, he did not see God, and nor did he hear firsthand the voice of God. But everything that he's learned, he believes in God, he loves God, and he trusts God. But he's still in the beginning stages of his relationship with him. And I want to go off this image of staying in the tent because in the tent is this relationship with God where, like I said, this is the only place that man could come in contact with God. And this is the place that God has personally designated for everybody else to be, that, is, that is ritually clean to come and spend time with him. And I used to think that sitting in the tent, I used to think that sitting in the tent looked like Joshua. That my relationship with God was dependent on spending hours, at a, hours each day talking and praying with him. I thought my relationship with him depended on that and setting, as, setting aside devotional time, time to read my Bible, time to pray in tongues and time to do all these things and to take a big chunk out of my day. But I've come to learn that staying in the tent means living a life that's praying without ceasing. And you can find that in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. That's a very short, specific commandment, pray without ceasing. And we see this in the life of Moses. I used to think that I wanted to live a life like Joshua, who stayed, who stayed sitting in the tent, who stayed in the presence of God, but here lately, just in the past two weeks of my life, I've learned to admire Moses in this situation. And it's not because that Moses does not have time for God. It doesn't, it's not that Moses has something better to do than spend time with God. It's that Moses has a revelation and an understanding that his relationship with God is so close that even though he leaves the tent of meeting doesn't mean God doesn't leave him. That means that when he leaves that tent, when he goes to do what it is that God's called him to do, which is to lead the people of Israel, which is to lead them to freedom, to get them through whatever situation it is, whatever drought they're in or whatever means of lack that they have, 
that when he leaves that tent that God is still with him. Because you see, at this point in time, Moses has already come down from the mountain. And he has such an experience and such an encounter with God that his face and his body radiated with light. That, that the presence of God has such an impact on his life that it physically changed him. And there's no way that you can walk away from that experience realizing that God is truly with you. And the thing that I've learned to admire about Moses is that, is that there's no way this man stayed sane. <laughs> there's no way this man led that many people. There's no way this man what, did all that he did with, and not be able to have a relationship with God outside of that tent. And I've learned this in the past two weeks is that a relationship with God is a cognitive acknowledgement of him being in your life and all around it at every moment of every day. That means that God is not just in this sanctuary. It means that God is not just in your prayer room. That means that God's not just on the mountaintop. That means that God is always with you no matter where you are or what you've done moments ago. And so that means that, that this relationship with God is not dependent on your ability to perform. We are not, we are not, the, we're not the priests of Baal, as we see in a, with the story of Elijah on top of Mount Carmel. We don't have to sit there. We don't have to sit here. We don't have to pray. We don't have to sing. We don't have to do anything for hours at a time to get our God's attention. All we have to do is say, God, I realize you're here. All, all we even have to do is acknowledge him in our mind, and he's right here with us. Even in the moment before we acknowledge him, he's already right here. And something that God had to convict me of in my prayer life is that God be with me. God be in this situation. God come and talk to me in this moment, in this time. And God stopped me in the middle of saying that. And he said, I'm already here. You don't have to constantly ask me to be here. You don't have to constantly ask me to be with you in whatever situation is because I'm already right here with you. Because we've learned in our life, in our time here in the church, in our relationship with God, that he's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at one time. That he's all-powerful and he's able to do anything that he wants. And that includes already being right here and right beside us. Most of the time, our problem simply, our problem connecting with God simply is with acknowledging He's here. Because again, once we get to we we keep making this relationship with God about performance and about I didn't talk to God for an hour today that He's probably mad at me. <laughs> I didn't sing a song to Him today. He's He's not going to talk to me. God is not so petty that you don't do something for Him. He's not going to be there for you. It's not, he's, if you understand what the term covenant means, that means that even though one party does not fulfill their end of the bargain, the other party is still going to uphold theirs. And so that means, the reason why God formed a covenant with us in Jesus' blood, in his death on the cross, and his resurrection from the grave, the reason why he made a covenant, not a promise, but a covenant with us, is because he understood that no matter how great the human is, no matter how, how holy they are, that they are still going to sin and they're still going to mess up. 
and that in their in their relationship with God and what he does in their life the calling that's on their life is not dependent on their ability but it's dependent on the presence of God and it's not because their ability discounts them their ability or their what they do does not discount them from the presence of God that he no matter what you do he's still right there with you now Paul says in his script in in one of his letters does that mean that we get to do whatever we want surely not he said he says where sin abounds grace abounds so much more but does that mean we keep sinning no the we all have an idea we all have an image of the person the man the woman that we want to be one day in our life and the only thing standing in between that person and us is our relationship with God our friendship Really realizing what a true friendship with God is. Because I've been following God. I've been a friend of God ever since I was five years old. And it's only just last week that the idea and the knowledge that I am a friend of God made that six inch drop from my head to my heart. Because being raised and hearing that scripture and that song that I'm a friend of God and he calls me friend, that, that it gets so drilled into you sometimes that you forget its meaning. <laughs> the thing that I've learned from that scripture is that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I've honestly never had a whole lot of guy friends growing up, but when I got to college, I got some buddies named Logan and Josh. And I have not seen them since my graduation day two years ago. But they rank, a, rank up there with the top three best friends that I have. And that's because I stay in constant communication with them. And and that's how this has, has to be with God. This can't be just a Sunday and a Wednesday thing. This has, I've said this before. This has to be an everyday thing. That we have to live a life as praying without ceasing. That it doesn't mean that you have to pray for, pray for 30 minutes every hour. That means you just simply acknowledge God. Hey God, I know you're here. Hey God, I know you're right here with me. God, I know you're going to take care of this situation no matter how big or how hard it is. I know that you're going to help me get to this dream. And I know I may not have the money right now, but God, I know you're going to supply God, I know I'm in the desert, desert season, but I know you're still going to, going to rain bread down from heaven. God, I know that you're going to bring water from this rock. And God, I know you're going to get me to who it is that you want me to be and who I'm called to be. Because the desert does not determine who I am. Your presence does. The only thing standing in between us and our relationship and our friendship with God is simply acknowledging he's right here with us already. This is kind of a continuation of Pastor Sermon Sunday that he talked about that he talked about before we can truly step into our identity, before we can truly step into our calling of who God has, who has God created us to be, we have to understand his love for us. And a step beyond that, we have to real, not just realize and accept his love for us, but we have to realize his friendship with him. In John chapter 15, verse 15, it says, I do not call you servants anymore, 
because a servant doesn't know what the master is doing. I have called you friends because I've made known to you everything I have heard from my father. Before, before Jesus, before him dying on the cross and resurrecting from the grave, there was a select few that were called friends of God. But after the cross, he looked at each and every one of the members of the 12. And he looked at every one. There's more disciples there at the 12 than the 12 when he ascended. And he called each and every one of them friends. He called each and every one of them brother. And so he looks at each and every one of us and he says, you're my friend. And he looks at someone else and he says, you're my brother. And he looks at someone else and he says, you're my sister. Because... He does not care what your past is. He doesn't care what you've done. It doesn't care. It doesn't care about anything. He's just simply madly in love with you. And we have to get a grasp on that, like Pastor said last Sunday. And it's not just simply, I love God and He loves me. It's a matter of do we walk with Him each and every day as well. With a friend like Him, you don't have to pray for an hour before you hear Him. With a friend like him, you don't have to be good all day and not sin to sit down and talk with him. With a friend like him, you don't have to go a day without him because he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He sticks closer than a spouse, a father, and a mother. He is simply your best friend. And for a God that's so big and so complex, he is also so simple. And you can wrap him up in that he is my best friend. With your best friend, you don't have to set up an appointment or a meeting. With your best friend, you just simply send a text or you say hey to them. And it doesn't matter what's going on, they make time for you. That I know that I can text and I can call Logan or Josh. The reason why I bring them up is for this point. Is that I could call them right now and if I tell them if I, tell them I just need to talk to them, then it doesn't matter what's happening or who they're with, they're going to make time for me. I can say that you got who is your best friend and an image or a name pops up immediately. God's closer to you than that person. And and the thing that we kind of get get mixed up in this, one of the things that we let religion creep in is that we think that we have to wait till we get home or we have to wait till we have some quiet time to talk with God. Some of the most life-changing, the most impactful moments I've had with God is in the middle of my working day, in the middle of parking a car, in the middle of talking to somebody, in the middle of a conversation with some of my friends. It's in the middle of everyday life that the most impactful moments have happened. And it's the best thing about this relationship with God is it's not one-sided. God is not that one friend that you have to text to initiate the conversation most of our problem half the time is, is that we think that we have to initiate the conversation when we're not even opening our ears to what God has to say. That sometimes what we're missing in our prayer life, what we feel like we're lacking in our time with God is simply being quiet and opening our ears to what he has to say. That we forget so often that a friendship is a two-way communication that though we can't see him doesn't mean that he's not speaking. 
I don't know how, how he speaks to you, but he speaks to me in a multiple ways. He may just be a whisper in my mind, or he may have me write down something that I don't, I don't even know what I'm writing, but I know that he's trying to speak to me about something. I'll start writing, and he gives me what to write. It, he can speak to us in a multitude of ways. Don't discount any way that God's trying to speak to you. And he'll reveal to you what that is because the best thing about a friendship with him is that it's personally tailored to you. That how he talks to pastor may not be how he talks to me. How he talks to Chris may not be how he talks to John. How he talks to each and every one of us is personally tailored to who we are. And so one of the big things for me, like I've said, is that I've been... I've, I've stopped asking God to, to make me someone that, that I've imagined in my head, but I've started asking him to make me somebody that he's always designed me to be and always desired me to be. And that's, <laughs> that begins with a realization that he, is, that he really does love you. That begins with a realization that he really does have your best interests at heart. That begins with a realization that he's your friend. And that with a friend like him, we can truly overcome anything, and that includes ourselves. And a quote I want to end with tonight is by Smith Wigglesworth, and it says, I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer at, at one time, but I never go more than half an hour without praying. And this quote has changed my relationship, my perspective with how I talk to God and how I experience my time with God. Is that this is what a life without, or a life praying without ceasing looks like. It's, it's just simply saying, hey God, <laughs> this is going on right now, help me through it. Or, hey God, I thought this was funny, I thought, thought about sharing it with you. Because he has a sense of humor too, he wants to know every little detail of your life. Even if it's something just funny or goofy, he, he laughs with you, sometimes at you. Um, but what I'm wanting us to understand tonight is that he's not just this great big being in the sky who created us. What I'm trying to get us to understand tonight is that, that, what, is that he's not, our relationship with him isn't just creator and creation. It isn't just God and subject. It isn't just king and servants. That his scripture has already said he's made us brother and friend. He's made us sister and friend. He's called us loved and dear ones. And that may be what we need in our relationship with him tonight, is to cross over from that mindset that, that he's just this being that's around us, but that he's truly someone who's ca who cares for us and wants to be intimate with us. And so if we would stand real quick, we'll do altar. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to say that to whoever feels that tugging on their heart, that, that that just means that this is a sermon for you, that this is just a message for you. That, I, yes, I understand that it was short, and yes, I understand that something simple is so foundational, but this is something that that, like I said, it's taken me years to understand, and I've, I've been saved for years, and some of us may have been saved for years too, or we may be in the infancy of our relationship with him, but it's never too early or too late to come to that understanding that God is our friend. 
And so if this is anybody tonight, just come forward. I want to pray with you and just pray over you that, that you guys would understand this and have the same revelation. Because I can't properly communicate this relationship with God that, that he's wanting us to understand because it's something personal for you. And so if that's you, just come forward to this altar. We'll pray with you. let's pray God thank you for our time tonight thank you for letting us be able to uh, just experience this relationship with you God thank you for letting us experience this friendship with you God and just as I feel like you've led me to say tonight God that you are our best friend that God you are our greatest helper that you're the one who sticks closer than a brother and that you no longer call us servants but you call us friend that God we're going to leave this place and we're going to honor you with all that we are God that we're going to leave this place with a better understanding that we're not just creation and creator God but we are truly your best friend and you are truly our best friend and that you want to share this life with us and so God we're going to leave this place with a newfound relationship with you with a newfound walk in you and that is hand in hand with our best friend and that with a friend like you, that we're going to conquer everything in this life. And that includes our old self that we've died to. That you're going to create us in the image and the likeness that you've always designed us to be. That's going to be a son and that's going to be a daughter who calls you friend. And so Holy Spirit, we're going to walk away with a newfound understanding of that love that you have for us. We're going to walk out of here with a newfound love for you as well. And so God, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.